Mama. This is Carianna and Kayla, two best friend moms and your co-hosts of Sleep Talking Moms. We know that tackling sleep issues can feel overwhelming and confusing. So we are here to provide you with practical sleep advice. We want you to walk away from each episode with information you can actually use. Let's dive in and talk sleep. Hello and welcome back to the Sleep Talking Moms podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Carrianna, and today you are stuck with just me because I'm going to be answering some of your sleep questions. So I had some of you um, leave me some voice memos with questions. I'm going to answer a couple of those, and then I'm also going to answer a couple other questions that were written into me. So I hope you're excited. I can't wait to jump in. Hello, my question is about how different babies uh, respond to sleep training. Um, So I've tried to follow all the advice for my newborn since the day he was born. I've been watching wake windows, providing a good environment, um, giving opportunities to practice falling asleep independently. Um, But I now have a three and a half month old um, and he still needs a lot of help falling asleep. Um, We're nowhere near falling asleep independently. So I'm just curious how those strategies can have such different effects for different babies, or am I just doing it wrong? Um, And then also, if my baby didn't respond to those early strategies, does that mean that when we decide it's time for formal sleep training, um, will it be harder or is it going to take longer for him? Um, So thank you for shedding some light on this. All right. Thank you so much, Dana, for leaving a question. And I love hearing that little baby in the background. Um, So this is a great question. And what I want to remind you guys, you know, she is asking about that newborn stage, how she's been following wake windows, doing all the things, offering practice for independent sleep, and just feeling like she's not really seeing the fruit of those labors. And Dana, you are not alone. There are a lot of parents who do exactly what you did and, and still ultimately have to sleep train down the line if they want an independent sleeper. So it doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. But the important thing to remember with newborns is that everything we're doing is low key, low pressure because their sleep is so erratic. And especially because they don't have their circadian rhythm developed yet. That's not going to come till closer to three months of age. And so their body just doesn't know when it's night, when it's day, when they should do longer stretches, when they should do shorter stretches. And so that adds a lot to the unpredictability and the erratic sleep habits that we see. So again, not anything that you did wrong, just simply that all we can do is practice and offer low-key practice. And a lot of it, I find, depends on baby's temperament. So babies who are more laid back, more chill, usually are going to accept those practices easier and fall asleep on their own younger, and then you can practice more, and then before you know it, they're falling asleep all on their own. Um But some babies who are maybe a little more sensitive, who are maybe a little more clingy, um, and who just don't fit into that laid back baby category, they just have a little more trouble. Now, for future, you know, if you decided now that you have a three and a half month old, if you decided you were ready to sleep train, you know, you could do that at any point, I would say after three months when you're ready and comfortable. Um, But the big difference here between the official sleep training that you would do now versus the practice sleep training that you would do with a newborn is that now at this age, we're going to push 
more. So before with the newborn, you know, you practice laying down awake, offering soothing from next to their crib or their bassinet. But if they didn't fall asleep there on their own, you know, after a couple minutes, you're pretty much going to pick them up and just help them to sleep, right? Because in the newborn stage, our goals are keep them well rested, offer opportunities and practice, but nothing is like, okay, you have to fall asleep on your own when you're a newborn, okay? But now that they are older and when you decide to do official sleep training at this age, that's when we're going to be doing the same types of things, laying down awake, having a method that you feel comfortable with, but instead of practicing it for five or 10 minutes and then kind of quote unquote giving up, now you're going to practice it until they fall asleep. So that could be 20 minutes. That could be 45 minutes. That could be an hour. That's more what it looks like when we do official sleep training. Um, and that's going to make the difference because some kids' temperament and personality, just until we really just draw that line for them and help them see that they have to fall asleep on their own or with less and less help, they're not going to willingly do it. Um, and so that official sleep training is going to just be more intentional and be more, okay, we're doing this until they fall asleep versus we're going to practice this for five or 10 minutes and then be done for the night. So I hope that kind of answers your questions. You should still absolutely 100% be able to sleep train your little one when you're ready. It's just a matter of following through and having that really consistent piece now that they're older. Hi, Carrie Anna. I'm Kristen, mom of three. My um, first, I sleep trained with Cry It Out, did great. My second was tougher, I did the Ferber method. And my third, I had him sleep trained at um, five and a half months. He was doing great. I did a dream feed at 10 at night and then eliminated the dream feed and he was sleeping at least 11 hours. Then he got sick and followed by that we had a trip family trip and now we are back to square one and he is waking fussing crying all night now he's finally um putting himself to sleep before bed but now he's waking at 4 a.m why is he waking at 4 a.m i feed him just a couple minutes and i put him back to sleep and then this morning i had to wake him to start the day so um, I'm wondering if I should go back to doing the dream feed at 10 to eliminate the morning crying to feed so that I'm in control. He is a very happy baby during the day. We have a really good nap schedule. Wake times are between two and three hours. And so I think we've got that all nailed down. So he's not sleeping too much during the day. I don't think he's um, overtired during the day either. So I don't know if it's a feeding issue. Thank you so much for your question, Kristen. So I know that you had mentioned that he was five and a half months when you sleep trained him and he started sleeping better. And then you said some things like sickness and trips happen. So I'm guessing by this point, um, he's somewhere around six months. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm going to kind of answer this question like he's a six-month-old since I think that's probably where he's falling right now. Um, so as far as the night and the night feed goes, 
honestly, you are always open to experiment with things. And maybe you do try offering the dream feed again and see if that helps solve things. And if that's an easy fix, you know, you could absolutely go with that option. Um, My guess is that at his age now of six plus months, and as long as he's gaining weight well, he probably doesn't need a night feed at all. Um, That's, of course, something I would encourage you to talk to your pediatrician about if you're unsure. But my guess is that just the um, maybe the inconsistency that he sometimes gets a feed if he wakes at night and cries and other times he wakes and whines and cries and then goes back to sleep on his own. I would guess that some of that inconsistency there in the message he's receiving is why he keeps waking. Along with the fact that just that early morning time, it's not unusual for our sleep to be lighter and just a little more restless in the early morning because we have had all of this good sleep the you know the whole rest of the night and then morning comes our sleep is naturally lighter and it's just a little hard to get back to sleep so I think another option that you could try um, is just removing the feed completely so you're not feeding at all until morning wake up and be real consistent with that night after night and I think you should see progress there in that early morning waking as well. Um, the other thing, I mean, I'm sure that you're you're doing this now, but just making sure since you are back from your trip, since he is feeling better, that he is going down 100% independently at naps at bedtime again. If you got off track a little for, you know, travel and sickness, that's okay. That's life. That happens. But in order to help fix that early waking, we want to make sure that he is going down independently all the time again. Um And then the last thing I would say, just because I know that you said his wake windows were between two and three hours, if he is still six months and on three naps, um, a three-hour wake window, if if, if he's got a window in there that's three hours long, that is probably a little too long for him. Um, Again, I'm assuming he's six months. I could be wrong about that. But um, I would say make sure that that last wake window before bed is not more than two and a half hours because if that window is too long, even if he's not visibly seeming overtired, it could be too long of a window and that can absolutely cause early wakings too. So you've got a couple things there that you can kind of think through and try and good luck. Okay, now I'm going to answer a couple questions that I received that weren't voice memos. Okay, so the first one is from Julia, and she says, my child's schedule doesn't look like what you suggest is that okay? And I picked this question, you guys, because I get this question so much. And I just want to every mom out there who is second guessing themselves around every corner, I just want to encourage you, if what you're doing is working for you, that is what matters. Not that your schedule lines up with what I recommend or that the way you do sleep is exactly the way someone else tells you to do sleep. If what you're doing is working for you, for your child, for your family, that is what matters. So anytime you're thinking, oh, I'm probably doing the wrong thing, I want you to pause and I want you to say, is this working for us right now? Do we feel comfortable with where we're at right now? And if the answer is yes, 
then it's totally fine, okay? I love giving out like guidelines for wake windows and suggestions and, you know, helping people get their environment ideal. But if you're not having any sleep issues and what you're doing doesn't look like what I'm suggesting, that's okay. That doesn't matter. My help is more for people who are on the struggle bus. So it's absolutely okay, Julia, that your child's schedule doesn't look like what I recommend, especially if your child is thriving and doing great with it. All right, and then last question that I have from Lisa, this is another really good one. She says, how do I line up a two-nap schedule with my 10-month-old and a one-nap schedule with my toddler. So everyone wakes up around 7, 7.30 in the morning, and my toddler naps from 12.15 to 2.30. How can I have them overlap? And oh my goodness, Lisa, I remember this stage when I had one child on two naps and one child on one nap, and it's so frustrating because you feel like you don't get a break at all. You have one child down for a nap, then they get up, then the toddler goes down for the nap, then they get up, then your other child goes down for a nap, and it's just like, oh my goodness, it's rough. But there are some ways we can try to help them overlap. It's not going to be perfect. You're not going to obviously have them line up for the whole one nap. Um, That's just not realistic at this stage you're in, okay? But what we can do um, to help, and and there is going to be a given take with your baby, you could wake them up slightly earlier. Um, you know, so if if they're waking up around 7, 7.30, you could wake them up at 6.30 just to get the baby's day started a little earlier. Um, and just to give you a, a little more one-on-one time with them if you want to try to find the silver lining there. Um, but then what that can do is help shift their first nap slightly earlier, which you could also kind of cut that first nap off at 45 minutes or an hour if you think they'll tolerate that. And then that is going to shift their second nap earlier. So that second nap should be overlapping now at least 30 minutes, maybe an hour or more with your toddler's one nap. Um, Now, Some babies, if you shorten their first nap and then they have a second nap, they will lengthen that second nap and make up for it. Other babies won't. If you give them a short first nap, they're going to give you a short second nap and then everybody's going to be crabby. So you kind of have to experiment and know your child if this will work for them or not. Um, But then something else is with your toddler, and I'm not sure how old your toddler is, but you could try slowly shifting their nap later and later. And I would do this very slowly, very gradually. But, you know, right now your toddler's going down for a nap at 12.15, which is a great time. But if you want to try to shift it later so it lines up more with your baby's second nap, I would shift it to 12.30 and stay there for two to three days. See how your toddler handles it. If all is good, you could try shifting another 15 minutes later with that nap. Um, So just, again, you're going to have to experiment. There's going to be a given take and you might realize, okay, when I mess with their schedules, they sleep worse. So I'm just going to accept this phase right now, knowing that it will end in the future in several months. Um, But absolutely feel free to experiment and see how you can overlap it. So good luck, Lisa. And if you can't get it, you know, perfect or the way you want it, that that phase that you're about to be in when they're both on one nap 
is amazing. I can attest to that. It's the best. So hang in there. You probably have, you know, five to seven months until you get there. Um, but good luck. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you learned something new today, and we will be back in two weeks. Kayla and I are going to be talking about things that we would do differently if we had a newborn again. So I'm excited to share that episode with you in a couple weeks, and I hope that you have a great week this week. Bye. We are so glad you joined us for the Sleep Talking Moms podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to grab a screenshot, share it in your stories, and tag us at all the sleeps. See you next time.